Hey guys, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. We're again coming at you from the lovely, the scenic, the beautiful, the empty Temple Baptist Church. Casey, you doing all right? I'm, I'm okay. Things have I, really gone off. Man, you're going with a backwards cap this week. I need and people. And a little stubble. I need people, man. I'm here. I can't, I'm not going to touch you, but don't, I'm here for don't you. Don't touch me. Appreciate that. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. that a lot. Dude, the backwards, how often, how many days out of the year, Casey, do you wear a backwards cap? Man, I've known you for a year and a half. Haven't seen it once. Life's a little backwards right now, so my hat is illustrating (laughs) how my life feels right now. My life's a little backwards. Are you going to use that as an illustration today? Possibly, possibly, possibly. As if you haven't prepared at all what we're (laughs) going to talk about. People might actually think that after watching the past two weeks. If you do, leave it in the comments. We need your criticism. We need your help. We want to hear from you. Please, anything. Just let us hear from you. Let us know that you're out there, that you're alive, that this isn't in vain. Help us help you help us. Yes. But don't say anything mean towards me because I'm very sensitive about stuff like that. That, That's that. Yes. Don't don't be mean to me either. One quick correction before we dive in to some really deep stuff today. I need to make a correction. I need to admit something, Casey. And I need to admit something to LaCroix lovers out there. One, Mango LaCroix is a thing. Ah, I apologize. Victory! I apologize. I'm a newbie is to LaCroix. Is it good? I don't know. I haven't. I mean, it's not like I can just go out and buy a LaCroix. There, people are taking them off the shelves like crazy. Mango LaCroix. And I also need to apologize to the those who, who do like lime LaCroix because I was stuck with it as my only flavor for last week, drank the whole thing, and now I'd say I'm a fan. I've convinced myself that it tastes like Sprite made it, with essential oils. What? Yeah, that sounds that's what disgusting. <laughs> you put essential oils in your that's LaCroix? That's what LaCroix is. It's essential oils is what flavors it. It says it on the I can. Blasphemy. Anyway, guys, past two weeks have been really awesome. Talked about worship in Revelation 7. Yeah. Talked about prayer in the first part of Revelation 8. Two really I mean, important topics mm-hmm. in the Christian life. Definitely. This week's topic, we are on, can I get a drum roll? Trumpets. Trumpets. Burp, burp, burp. That's much better. Is That's, it? That I, I can do a great trumpet impression. I feel like we impression. need a jazz trumpet player in the room with us as we go through this. You know, musicians are struggling. Musicians are struggling for gigs right now. We that should can, have hired a trumpet player. It's okay, and they would only have worked for this week, so we can't like do it. True. Do it next no, week. no continuous employment. Anyway, guys, there's so much text that we're covering today. If you want to read, which we definitely recommend that you read, again, get out your Bibles, get out your notes. Uh, Maybe you want to pause this video for a minute. Uh, You're going to read Revelation 8, 6 through 11 to chapter 11, 15. So three chapters of material we're going to try to cover today. So we're not going to read the whole thing right there because that'd be like half the video. True. But we encourage you, maybe pause this real quick, read it. Or just read it after we explain it. Either way works. Some people some people do reverse. It'll work either way. But anyway, we got a lot of stuff going on here. Bottom line, three chapters in Revelation. A lot of trumpets. Seven a lot of, of trumpets. Them. And my first question, Casey, we got seven trumpets. Is kind of the first thing we see right after we got out of that section in Revelation 8 last week. In 8-6, we see uh, these trumpets, and they're kind of pronouncing judgment. I don't really know. I don't really know what's going on. Casey, tell me what's going on. So you remember the prayers from the first part of Revelation eight? Yes. Okay. So these are the prayers basically manif- 
infested, if you will. Mm -hmm. So these are the prayers with precision that are pushing people to repentance. And so as these prayers are prayed, um, these angels begin to blow these trumpets. And these are basically the thunder, the lightning and the rolling that you hear in the last part of that, uh, that fifth verse. Now you see it and hear it really, it would be mm -hmm. hearing it come to fruition in uh, six following. Uh, so all of chapter eight, most of uh, chapter nine, chapter 10, and then down to about uh, 11, 15 is where it kind of ends with the seventh trumpet. And yeah. so there you go. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So different trumpets mean different things and different things are happening with yeah. each one. I know you might not have time to explain in detail each one because there's so much going on. Sure. But specifically, like, what are the, like, just kind of help us understand, like, when we're reading uh, the different pronouncements of these trumpets and, and what their effect on the earth is. Yeah. Like, what is, what is all that, what does all that mean? So basically, in the history of the nation of Israel, you have three main purposes, and we'll just stick with the main purposes of the trumpets. You have trumpets that were conquering trumpets, and that would be like Jericho, and so okay. they blew the trumpets and the walls Came fell down. Tumbling. Man, I was and, there in my Old Testament reading today. That's yeah, crazy that there we're you go. doing this then right you're now. On, you're on point, and so the, yeah. the trumpet blew and the walls fell down, and then you have what we would call um, celebration trumpets, uh, and those would be trumpets for the new moon feast and things like that. That's in Numbers 10, Numbers 9 and Numbers 10, verses 9 and 10. And so you have uh, trumpets that were blown for celebration, conquering. And then the last one is cleansing. And um, that you see that in Leviticus 25, 8 through 9. Um, they were used to proclaim the year of Jubilee. And this year of Jubilee was a time where everything was returned to who it belonged to. Slaves were let go. Property went back to its original owner. And so it was a cleansing of the land, basically uh, a riding of the ships that had gone wrong, things of okay. that nature. And so those are the three main purposes that okay. you have for trumpets in the Bible. In so, the Bible, but, so that relates to the trumpets here in Revelation. Yes, because you were talking about Old Testament. Obviously, this is New Testament, right? To happening in the in the same, future. Same type of thing, though. The, so that's the Old Testament, kind of okay. how they were used. And so when you see them here in the New Testament, they're doing similar things. They are pronouncing oh, okay. that God is conquering. They're pronouncing that there is um, a cleansing going on, and really that there is a celebration. And so the, what I want you to think about is when you when you enter into worship of God and you're entering into a prayer time with God or to a time of song or a time of, of just intense worship, there is kind of this pattern that develops in where you realize that God has conquered sin in your life, mm -hmm. right? And then there is this cleansing that takes place, correct? And mm -hmm. then there is this celebration as a result of that cleansing and that conquering of sin. And so so basically, this is prayer and worship again manifested in the seven trumpets. And remember, these trumpets aren't meant to be punitive or a punishment. They are punishing people, but the punishing is with a purpose mm. to basically thwart or cause repentance. So this isn't representative of, I mean, this is the final judgment in a, in a sense, but these trumpets aren't necessarily for the purpose of Christ's second coming or everybody on the earth being wiped out. And this right. is like, this is just, this is the beginning of those things, but this isn't the totality of those. Correct. Things. It's punishment with a purpose. Correct. Punishment with a purpose Okay. of the, the purpose is really easy to know. It is repentance. 
God is giving uh, the people on earth um, another chance for repentance. And at the same time, he is avenging the blood of the Mm -hmm. saints and doing what the saints have asked him to do in their prayers. So this is going to be a question that has a wide different range of interpretation, Casey. But I think it's really important for us to at least have an idea of, of what we believe as we're reading this. So some people think that these trumpets are going to happen in the future. Some people think that they're representative of something that's happened in the past. Like some people think when the Jerusalem temple was destroyed, that these events have already happened. I'm, I'm wondering what, and some people think that they're just figurative, not even representing something that will literally happen. Like there's a bunch of different interpretations. Could you just briefly explain the lens that you're viewing Revelation through when you're explaining this to us? I I look at it as John is using the trumpets as a metaphor to get our attention. And so after the big silence that we had last week, John is basically punching it home and saying, look, there was this silence and these prayers were lifted up and now I need to Mm -hmm. punch home to you the purpose of this book, really, which is repentance. And so you hear these trumpets and there's seven of them. And so the trumpet is meant to get our attention to announce to us what God is doing and Mm -hmm. through the lens of conquering, through the lens of cleansing, through the lens of celebration. And then there's one more, which you would probably really understand. And Paul helps us see this one. And that's in first Thessalonians four, six, where Paul talks about, uh, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a Mm -hmm. voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise. And so Mm -hmm. there's not just a, a conquering motive for a celebration motif, for a cleansing motif, there is also this Christ is coming idea that is incorporated with these seven trumpets. And so Mm -hmm. repentance is coming to the world with the announcement of each trumpet, more and more repentance should be taking place. Interesting. So these are, this is for us too, when we're reading, because the purpose is not just it's not just for us to know some prophetic future thing that's going to happen correct there's application that we take from it definitely today okay that's that's really interesting i know revelation can be really confusing for you guys it's really confusing for me it's probably confusing for you too casey I mean, you have a it's seminary confusing degree and everything. it's confusing but, but you find a lot of freedom in it yeah, yeah 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 definitely definitely and definitely a lot of avenues of interpretation with that too but we do need to understand that hey this stuff like this was written for believers at a particular time. Correct. And it's also applicable to us as, as well, no matter which, so. which route you take it. So, you know, I, I know a lot of this stuff might seem crazy, but I think that was important for for me, for people watching to at least kind of have an understand, understanding of what lens you're viewing Revelation through, because that's obviously kind of shaping how we interpret some of these things and the application uh, we take from it. So kind of back into the trumpets, Casey. Sure. A bunch of different things happen with each trumpet, and you said they're getting progressively, um, I don't worse. know, progressively worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, progressively worse, progressively closer to the final judgment right. that's going to happen. Is there any of these that you want to like particularly highlight that you kind of want to explain, or do you just kind of want to stick with the general? Hey, this these are happening. They're getting worse. I mean, is there anything significant, anything more significant about one than there is the other? 
basically it's an undoing of creation. And so if you look oh, at the seven okay. trumpets and you look at the seven days that Christ created the heavens and the earth in Genesis, mm. and you look at the plagues of Moses in Exodus, they almost stack up one for one. And um, so John would be using this idea of these seven trumpets and the people hearing this, the believers of John's day would hear this and they would know that they line up with the seven days of Genesis. Okay. They would line up with the Exodus passage. They would see that and they would hear this undoing of creation. And so the idea is if God created it, okay, and we understand that through Genesis one, then God is able to judge it. He's the only one who can. And so as he, as each trumpet is, goes off or is blown by the angel, uh, there is a judgment of creation. So if you look at the first one, uh, the first of the seven trumpets, it says the first one, this is verse seven, the first angel blew his trumpet with um, hail and fire mixed with blood were hurled to the earth. And so a third of the earth was burned up. And so this is the idea that the earth is burning, okay? And so there's no place for anyone to hide. Well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, okay? And so you get this idea of creation Mm. being undone, and the only one that can undo it is the creator himself. So the fallen earth, this is something that just clicked in my head, so I'm going to process it out loud. Yeah, that's great. So the fallen earth is being undone until the final judgment and then at that point the new earth correct so it's almost like this is being peeled back preparing the way for the new earth to happen and that's how we should read that one last thing before we kind of move on because i know we have a a lot to cover today should these events i know we kind of answered this in a question earlier should these events that we're reading about be something that we're looking out for today because these are specific things happening on the earth, like should we be looking into uh, water contamination like we see here and say like, oh, well, this is what's happening in Revelation or is that dangerous? It is. It's a little bit dangerous, but the idea is that each one of these things, and we see this today with the the quarantine, that mm-hmm. there have been plagues before. Yeah. Spanish flu and all this type of stuff. There's been plagues before, and this idea is not lost on man. And each time these things come, each time we say, well, is this the second trumpet or the seventh trumpet or whatever it is? It's an opportunity for us to refocus our lives Mm. on the idea of repentance, really, which is one of the pillars of worship. Yeah. Does that help you? Yeah. No, that's really good. I think that helps a lot of people out there, too. Sure. When we're looking at the book of Revelation, because it's so there's so many people out there. We've talked about this each week that look into each event and then they question, well, is what's going on right now? What's happening there? And that can just be and that can just be really dangerous and i think a lot of times we're interpreting revelation through the not the the way god intends for us to read it like it is a prophetic book sure but it's definitely a, an application book and it prompts us prompts us to repentance as his people and gives us assurance and things like that so um anyway we got eight nine ten eleven things that we're trying mm-hmm. to cover in those things 
Before we move on from the trumpets, was there anything else you wanted to cover about those? Um, you know, with the trumpets, it, it needs to be understood. That these trumpets announce what God is doing in the hearts and minds of his people. He is answering those prayers. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. And we are participating with him in his workings on our behalf. Mm-hmm. So the trumpets keep us from basically sleeping through God's work and his revealing. They they catch our attention. That's why John is using. They're catching our attention. They're making us kind of wake up. And this is, I thought, I read an author that said, wake up from our Egyptian lives of our lives where we're not in the promised land. That would be Mm -hmm. the new heaven and the new earth. We are in Egypt, so to speak. Mm. We're in persecution. We are um, not with the Lord is with us, but we are not in the promised land Mm. of heaven, if Mm. you will. And so these trumpets remind us that this, what we are in is not heaven and Mm. that there is better and that there is more. And I think for us, We get real comfortable in Egypt a lot of times. Yeah. There's food, there's water, there's Mm -hmm. work. Yeah. But we get real comfortable in Egypt. Yeah. But this is not our home. Yeah. Man, so you're saying for us to be able to accurately, maybe not accurately interpret, but for us to really to understand what Revelation 7 means for us as God's people, we going back and reading Exodus and understanding how the Egyptians or not the Egyptians, God's people in Egypt went through the process of coming out of there. That would help us understand our place in Revelation 7 because this is almost like the like the New Testament church's exodus, like, yes. except we're crossing into a much greater promised land. Correct. That, that, you know, because the, the Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt even after they left. There's no chance of us wanting to go back. Right. But we can see where we're comfortable in this life. And just like the plagues that happened in Egypt was an awakening moment for the Israelites of understanding. Like they have God on their side and he is providing them. He's heard their prayer and he's providing for them away. The trumpets act for us like that. It's a wake up call and it's telling us and reminding us that there's something beyond what we're currently living, living for and living in. So, oh man, that was that was really good. There's there's also one more wake-up call that mm-hmm. just seems really out of place and really weird. And that is in um, between... Um, the, the fourth and fifth trumpet, um, just, a, just a real quick here, I want to read it to you. This is uh, chapter 8, verse 13, and John writes, I looked and I heard an eagle flying high overhead, crying out in a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to those who live on the earth because of the remaining trumpet blasts and the three angels are about to sound. And Hmm. so you've had a prayer that is silenced heaven. Then you've had four trumpets blast. And now you have an eagle cry. And I I sat there and I was thinking, you know, as I look at this text, why would John write an eagle would cry out? It is, again, God giving us an opportunity to jar us, to wake us up. He's basically Mm -hmm. saying, hey, after four trumpets, I know this may be getting a little old. I know you may be getting lulled back into this is just how it goes. But he's saying, Mm -hmm. hey, repent. Mm -hmm. And so an eagle cries out. Very different from a trumpet blast, obviously. Mm. Another thing to get our attention. And so it's Mm. this continual pursuit that God has for the believer to repent and for the non-believer to begin to repent. Do you think the main purpose in this passage is to call believers to repentance or non-believers to repentance? You know, I thought about that a lot. 
I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know if unbelievers read this text and are just wigged out by it. Yeah. By all the symbolism and and, and metaphors. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I think for us as believers, when we read it, we should be encouraged that God would go through so much to pursue each person uh, for repentance. And so I find that very powerful and very encouraging to me. Yeah. Yeah. So basically for us, we just take it, hey, he, he, both people should take, hey, God wants you to repent because that's a universal truth. Um, but we can't really concern ourselves with is God. God is calling non-believers to repent, but we can't necessarily say that because it says at the end of chapter nine that. God, know, after, never, God never gives up trying to get our attention. Yeah, of course. It's like, yes. you know, when you were dating Marissa, did you give up? No, no, definitely no not. retreat, no surrender, no right? retreat, no surrender. I mean, yeah. you go, you go all out. I know that's yeah. how it was with Stacy and I, I knew I was way out of my league. Yeah. And Same. so I was like, it has to be no, this has to be no retreat, no surrender. I have to give everything I got to get her attention, to keep her attention for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so God, again, is trying mm. to get our attention, seven mm. trumpets, a pause of prayer, seven trumpets, the cry of an eagle and saying, Repentance is necessary to escape the terrors of sin. Yeah. Man, forgetfulness is one of the most dangerous things in the Christian walk. Because when you see Israel, after they see God do all these amazing things, they constantly forget. And God has to do things that remind them. Sometimes exactly. it's judgment. Sometimes it's sometimes it's miraculous things. So it's the same thing for us today. So the, we should read these and be reminded of who God is and what's to come and how we're supposed to live today in light of what's to come. Very um, much. So that was the first four uh, trumpets in, in chapter eight. Right. Anything you want to say on the next ones in chapter nine? So you have the fifth and the sixth, and then there's a pause between the sixth and the seventh. And that's because what do you remember what happened on the sixth day of creation? It was right before God rested. Right. So what did he do? You're trying to call me out right now. No, what I'm just. Do you remember what he did? No, no. He no, created no. man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. right. You're right. And so, if you look at the text, the sixth trumpet is the one where um, death happens, basically. Oh, so similar gotcha, to the gotcha. Exodus passage mm-hmm. where the firstborn died. Mm-hmm. And so you you see this theme playing out. And so, again, getting our attention, calling us to mm-hmm. repentance and reminding us that God has the power over death and the grave. And so the sixth trumpet sounded. Mm. And, and then kinda, the seventh. And yeah. so I think it would be appropriate for us because it seems kind of gloom and doom right now. And there is a lot of that in these seven trumpets. But the, the, the seventh mm-hmm. trumpet, which is all the way over in chapter 11 in verse 15, this is the, this is the celebratory trumpet. Yeah. Because all this judgment has taken place. And now it's time to party. Mm-hmm. This is where the walls come down. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So a lot of this stuff, the more I read this and the more I hear you explain this, it just it just further proof that scripture is one continuous story of God's plan to redeem his people. And that, you know, because you see all these kind of this alpha and omega concept, like beginning in Old Testament fulfillment here in, in Revelation constantly happening. So that's how we should read the scriptures. And that's why we should take comfort in a lot of these things is like, man, okay, a lot of these things that 
said they will come to pass, they will come to pass, you know, in, in these, in these trumpets and other, uh, prophecies that are fulfilled in revelation. So that's really cool. Move. Go ahead. Look at the seventh trumpet, if you will. The seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and Christ, mm -hmm. and he will reign forever and ever. What does that sound like? I'll read it again. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Are you asking for a Bible passage, it sounds like? Yeah. Maybe the no. Lord's Prayer. Oh, here is in heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get that. And I get so that. you're right. What you were saying, yeah. it is this repetitive getting our attention, mm -hmm. God speaking to us through his people, through circumstances, through his word and through creation. And even here and with the sixth trumpet, even with death, reminding us that he has a plan for our life and it begins with repentance. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that's so powerful for us today. Yeah. Ha that's really interesting that you s said that with his plan for our life being repentance and reconciliation with him. And we see that ultimately fulfilled there in, in Revelation 7. And I like the comparison or the fulfillment of the Lord's Prayer that happens because yeah. Jesus prays it in Revelation, I mean, in, in, in Matthew or any of the other gospel accounts. And he prays it there, and he's the one who will ultimately fulfill it in exactly. Revelation. Exactly. Oh, man. That's that's so cool. We There's two more chapters that, we, that we're <laughs> going to try to cover. Do you want to try to cover them? No. What, what I want to leave you with, I want to leave you with some points to, to ponder and a point of purpose real quick, yeah. uh, just because I think it's important for us uh, to, to, to have these for you guys. Um, the point to ponder is pretty much this. When you pray, what do you pray for? Obviously, it matters. Hmm. If you go to Revelation 8 and you read those first five verses, it matters hmm. what you and I pray. Yeah. And so I hope that your prayer has that power as you pause and you take into account that the prayers that you pray bring action from heaven. And so I'm hoping that you are really thinking about what are you praying for? Are you listening for the trumpets, for the circumstances, for the situations, for the texts that get your attention? and remind you of the cleansing power of Christ, the conquering power of Christ, the celebratory power of Christ, because he's mm. coming. Mm. As Paul said, he's coming. And then the point to practice, you know, in the COVID, in this day of what I would say is almost misused isolation, maybe we should pray for repentance. Mm. For our friends and for our family, we should pray against maybe Pharaoh's stubbornness that kind of comes up in our lives mm. because that's all that God wanted Pharaoh to do mm. was just repent yep. and to call him God. Mm. And I think for us, that's something that we need to be mindful of today, yeah. that we need to be in this daily uh, sacrifice of repentance, of cleansing, of allowing Christ to conquer the sin in our life being open and honest about what we're dealing with and what mm -hmm. a better time to do it yeah. than in isolation. I think it's important to note those are two really great points to practice. God uses our prayers in Man. mighty ways, but that it has to start with repentance. It for does. For you 
to be used by God in an effective way to accomplish his purpose, we have to be reconciled to him and we have to be willing for that to happen. And that requires repentance. So all these Definitely. big things that are happening in, in Revelation, they're happening from the prayers of the saints who were martyred, who were who Correct. suffered for Christ, who repented Correct. of their sins, who followed him. So for us to have an effective prayer life, which we talked about prayer last week, yeah. it has to start with repentance. It does. Yeah. There's no other place. Yeah. And so to pray for that prayer in someone else's life is a powerful thing. To pray for that in your own life, that you would openly mm. honest with God, that you wouldn't have any stubborn areas in your life. I think those are powerful things for us to remember today. Man, and we said last week, a purpose of prayer is to align God's will with our, our will with God's rather. Our, sure. our will, you know, he tunes our heart to understand what he's doing and aligning our will with his. And I think that when we see God do amazing things, you know, a lot of times we can be amazed by it. But we don't want to be caught off guard in it. Like when we see God work during this time of isolation or things like that, it's great to see, to say, looking back, hey, I prayed for that. Uh, yeah. I've been praying for this to happen. And did I did you saw pray the for Lord. the isolation? I did not. I'm selfishly. Truth serum. No, I didn't pray for it. I did pray for more time, though, to read, to spend with my wife. So Congratulations, the Lord's provided. Yeah. <laughs> I don't the way the way we're ending this is making it seem like I'm the one responsible for this pandemic. So we need to say something else. You heard to it end here this. first. Zach no, is responsible for I the pandemic. Not. I did not. I've confession. never been to China. I've never been to China. I did not. Do I've never you have had China? It. What is? What, how can you have? Where did you China? think the China came from? You're talk. Wait a minute. Stop it. Stop. How it. much stuff in your house is is from China? Can we edit this out? No. What is the, this is this is quickly turning <laughs> into something we don't need it to turn into. We, you, guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks for this week hanging Look, out. You know what? You know what doesn't come from China? Lacroix. Again, shout out to Lacroix. We're so sorry that we did not say there was a mango. Zach's last week. looking for a sponsorship, possibly from Lacroix. It is. I'm buying so many. I just need some right now. I can't buy any. People are buying them up. Mango. I have to buy Perrier. Which is way more expensive and not as good. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us here on the Midweek Podcast slash YouTube. Hope you join us again. Casey, any final thoughts? Leave us a comment. Let me know what you're thinking. Love you guys. Yep. See you later. But don't hurt my feelings. Bye, guys.